The Holy Gospel according to John, the 20th chapter. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciples set out and went toward the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings lying there and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture, that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white, sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabuni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not hold on to me because I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. The Gospel of the Lord. Grace and peace from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In the first congregation that I served as pastor, I learned fairly quickly that if I wanted anything accomplished, I had to ask the women. Charlie might have been the council president, but it was his sisters and his wife, Helen, who were able to organize any gathering or most anything else. When we started a nursery school in that congregation, the planning committee was composed of women from the congregation. In the second congregation, having learned in the first one, I gathered a group of women to start a daycare center. Probably because the daycare center was successful and a moneymaker, the old men of the finance committee wanted to be in charge. And they tried to take back control of it. That congregation closed a few years after I left. It lasted as long as it did because 
that daycare center was run by women. In the third congregation, in the first five years I was there, we received three bequests totaling $1.2 million. All three of those bequests were from women. I have since learned that most bequests to churches come from women and that women are much more likely than men to make undesignated bequests. We men generally want more control and are much more likely to give to physical things like building projects. It's women who are much more likely to give a congregation whatever money they want to and let the congregation do with it as they see fit. As you can tell, in my 40-plus years of ministry, I formulated some rules along the way. The men might be in charge, especially of the money, but if you want something accomplished, you got to talk to the women. And it was the same thing with problem solving. The women were actually more likely to solve the problem while the men were still talking about it. I've also learned, though, that women hang in there through the tough times longer than men. But the flip side of that means that one of the signs of a congregation in trouble, and when as an interim pastor I would go to meet with the council, if the council is more than two-thirds women, it's a sign that things have been not going very well for some time because the women will hang in and the men will say, I've had enough of this. I'm not wasting my time on this anymore. For many people, what they know about Mary Magdalene was formed by the rock opera Jesus Christ Superstar. You know that song, I Don't Know How to Love Him. I guess we could have had Arissa sing it this morning. (laughs) I wasn't planning ahead. Anyway, the trouble with the song, though, is it's based on myths from, it's a great song, but it's based on myths from the ninth century. Applying modern sensibilities, they assume that Mary Magdalene was Jesus' girlfriend. That's not her role. Now, of course, Jesus Christ Superstar has other innovations, among them making Jesus a tenor. In the history of, in the history of Western music, Jesus is always a bass to convey the gravity of the role. But what are most pop and rock singers. They're tenors. So, of course, Jesus Christ Superstar is really Jesus Christ the rock singer. (laughs) There were 12 apostles, all men, but there was a larger group of disciples, and prominent among them were women named in the New Testament. Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, Salome, Joanna, and the women who followed him from Galilee, who were present at the crucifixion, according to Luke. Bernard of Clairvaux, the 12th century author of our hymns, O Jesus, Joy of Loving Hearts, and Jesus, the Very Thought of You, called Mary Magdalene the Apostle to the Apostles because she carried the news of the resurrection to the eleven. In the New Testament, with one exception, when the women around Jesus are named, She is listed first, probably because she was the first witness to the resurrection. 
and she is the primary witness to the fundamental events of the Christian proclamation. Jesus' death, his burial, and his resurrection appearances. This is in contrast to the male disciples who deserted Jesus at his crucifixion and fled, and then disbelieved her story of the resurrection. In Luke's Gospel, which pays more attention to women generally than the other three Gospels, Mary Magdalene is mentioned as the apparent leader of a group of women who were like the support staff for the disciples, providing food, keeping the men out of trouble, from the beginning of Jesus' ministry in Galilee until its end. These women provided for Jesus' ministry from their own resources. Luke describes Mary as one from whom seven demons had gone out. We assume that her gratitude manifested itself in her working with other women and the disciples to support Jesus' ministry. Given the limitations placed on women in that era and the expectation that they not spend time around men to whom they were not related, it's incredible that we know as much about Mary Magdalene and the other women around Jesus as we do. In her case, it's because she, unlike the men, did not abandon Jesus in his trial and crucifixion and was the first to encounter the risen Lord and report that encounter. In my first congregation, the Holy Trinity was Helma, Dora, and Gertrude, three retired and widowed women. All three had escaped the instability of Germany in the 1930s and started new lives in New York City. Dora and her husband had owned a delicatessen store, as they called it in their Germanized English. And Helma had been a bookkeeper for a small business, and Gertrude had been a factory worker. They were humble, happy women who were faithful and willing to be witnesses in their own unassuming ways. If someone was in a nursing home out on what I describe as God-forsaken Long Island, I was just there last weekend, Dora would drive the three of them to make a visit. When someone came home from the hospital and needed shopping, they would go to the store for them. When Frida was on the verge of a psychotic episode during Bible study, they would speak to her in German to calm her down while the pastor went and phoned her daughter, the psychiatrist. They were the core of the sewing group that made quilts and blankets for Lutheran World Relief and the local family shelter. They were not bashful about inviting neighbors to their church, nor about sharing the hope that they had in the community of the risen Lord. Like Mary Magdalene, all of us are called to be witnesses to Jesus' death and resurrection. We are grafted to Jesus' death and resurrection in baptism. We die with Christ in the waters of baptism so that we can be raised with him, raised to new life in him. We are Jesus' support staff in Upper Dublin and beyond. Our social ministries reach beyond this community and into the wider world, sharing the good news of Jesus' resurrection in action. Our ministries of faith formation 
are preparing children and adults to be participants in ministry in Christ's name. Remembering Mary Magdalene, we honor those who serve, both men and women, often in the background, but give of themselves and of what they have to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen.